Welcome to Conversations from the Edge of Consciousness. I'm your host, Christine Madeira. For me, and possibly for you, the inner world of consciousness has always been much more real and way more fun than the so-called real material world. Growing up, I thought I was alone in this, but I'm not. There are a lot of us, and far too many have no one to talk to who shares this experience. I've been lucky to cultivate a community of friends who love to talk about the energies, ideas, and vibrations that are pushing the edges of our own consciousness, as well as our collective consciousness. In Conversations from the Edge, we share our conversations with you. All right, welcome to Conversations from the Edge. I am your host, Christine Madeira, and we are talking to Dr. Jen Phoenix Hatfield. Um, and she is a chiropractor termed the Intuitive Phoenix. And we had been talking in our last conversation about um, intuition and how the body can heal itself and the, you know, the messages that come through the body. And I really wanted to launch into, um, and just full disclosure, oftentimes we do multiple conversations because we could talk for hours. So we just divide them into <laughs> several conversations at one time. But wanted to dive deeper with, with Dr. Jen about the body and body wisdom. And because um, there's a lot of different experiences with the body and ideas about the body. And, and so we're just going to dive deep in there. So um, thanks for, for sticking around, um, Jen. And can you just give like a one-liner as to what you do and who you are? Okay. I'm glad to be back. And one-liner of what I do. I help people <laughs> learn to... Know, really know themselves and love themselves and most I would say even most importantly to trust themselves yeah and I help them do that through my intuitive and psychic work I'm I'm able to help people identify what they've experienced that is contributing to them being stuck or blocked or not being able to figure out why they can't seem to move past or beyond some of their experiences in their life. Perfect. Okay. So um, we, we were talking last time about, about the body. And I know from some of my training in hypnotherapy and some other things that I've read, there's, you know, there's this whole idea that the body is basically the subconscious mind. You know, it takes on all of the, the conditioning and the programming and different sorts of things of the subconscious mind. So it's kind of thought of as like, you know, something that we need to conquer or something that we need to overcome, something that we need to kind of like whip into shape and not just physically, but, you know, we need to kind of rein in all of those, all of those body impulses and like make our body, you know, walk that tight, narrow line to get where, where our mind wants us to go. Um, but I've had over the years a much different experience with my body and I know you come at the body very differently. So how, when you talk about the body having wisdom, tell me specifically what you mean by that. Specifically. Wow. Well, it's, you know, it's such but, an expansive um, or big topic I'll say. Okay. And the way I'll describe it is I can remember when I first entered chiropractic school one of the classes was a philosophy class and it talked about our innate wisdom. Mm -hmm. 
And to be honest, I really had no idea what the heck that professor was talking about having this innate <laughs> And then he started to share some, ex- some simple examples, things that most of us um, have experienced at one point in our life. And it might be that we eat something that's bad for us and it results in our body finding a way to eliminate it often having us running to the bathroom because it's coming out one end or the Mm -hmm. other. Um, Another would be when we get exposed to a virus or bacteria and our body responds with a fever. Mm -hmm. And what he went on to describe, or a third even, is when we cut ourselves, And... In all of those circumstances, there is, our body is taking care of us. Our body recognizes that there's an issue mm-hmm. and it's going to respond to it, whether it's eliminating something from our body or responding with a fever. And one of the things that I was amazed to learn in chiropractic school is the reason our body responds with a fever is because... Bacteria and viruses can't live Mm -hmm. in 98.6 degree temperature environment. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, like this is amazing that our body knows to do these things. And of course we get caught. Our body starts the healing. There's not anything that we do to make those processes happen. Now, some people will go on to say, well, the body, I mean, the brain controls all of that. (laughs) But what tells our brain to start those processes? Right. And and we've got people then, too, who will think, well, that's just part of the mechanical model of the body. Um, And but I'm with you on that one, because, you know, one of the really interesting things about fetal development is that the heart begins to beat before the brain begins to form. And so there are these innate um, signals in the body, this innate intelligence in the body that, that has it moving to rhythms that are outside the brain-directed parts of the body. Well, well, right. And of course, as the embryo is developing, there's no brain that's controlling that. Mm-mm. Brain doesn't exist yet. Nope. I mean, much like you said, like the heart is beating, but yet the mechanisms that we know of as an adult that are involved in our body's heart beating don't yet exist from a physical standpoint that can be pointed out and yeah, can't be pointed out. And I think that's one of the all the years that I practiced as a chiropractor in practice, mm-hmm. if people could see me, they would probably think I was a little strange because every time I would do an adjustment and then reassess how the body responded, I was often grinning because how the body could immediately make changes. Yes. Somebody could come in in excruciating pain and by putting a light force in specifically to the body, that the body could take that force, make changes 
and the person have, in a lot of cases, immediate response. And not just for like low back pain or neck pain, but for somebody could call me and say, you know, Dr. Jen, I can't come in today. I'm not feeling well. I'm, I'm coming down with something. And I was like, no, this is the perfect time to come in. We want to make mm -hmm. sure that the immune system is operating optimally. They'd come in, you know, I would do an adjustment and they would text me by the time they get home going, okay, I'm no longer sick. Or I thought I was getting sick and now I, I feel fabulous. And I mention these things because especially for somebody who's sick, I might have adjusted a bone in their lumbar spine. Mm -hmm. But yet their immune system improved its function. Yes. But if you start to look at from a physical, um, a biological physiology standpoint, yes, you could come up with theories and the way it's all connected but yet when it comes down to it nobody is really sure no it all happens and, and when you were saying light force like i want to 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 acknowledge how light that force is it's the like force is not the actual word it was because i've experienced this with you is that it is really just like a just a gentle finger touch and the body just receives that and shifts and moves in the way that it needs to shift and move it you know it's a whole different model of of interaction with the body we're so used to having to have some kind of external force that that is forceful you know whether it's the cracking of joints or, or a prescription medication or something along those lines that you know that somehow the body as a machine needs some kind of intervention that requires that, that puts some sort of um, physical or chemical force in you to be able to force it force it to change because it doesn't know how to change itself right right and of course for those people who are not chiropractors or haven't experienced chiropractic, you know, sometimes people would say, oh, hey, doc, you know, fix me. My first response was, I don't fix anything. Mm -hmm. I, I put a force in and your body takes that information and does the rest. And, you know, there, there have been times that people would want to show me in anatomy pictures of the body like okay how is this tied to this and why am i experiencing this but you're adjusting here and like spell it out for me and again i might be able to give them a general picture but when it comes down to it do i know and i think of my mom with this my mom had some significant neck pain and headaches and I adjusted a bone in her foot. Wow. Well, yes, from a mechanical <laughs> standpoint, you could say, well, it affected how she walked, which, you know, from the song, you know, when we were kids, the yeah. leg bone is connected to the knee yeah. bone. And yes. And at the same time, we know it's more involved than that. So what would you say? This is actually a different conversation than I was thinking we were going to have, but okay. So... <laughs> 
Yeah, I was I was wanting to go to a different place. We, well, we might hit there. We might get to a different conversation. Um, so what would you say to people? I know what I would say, but what would you say to people who are like, well, then, you know, my body knows how to heal itself. And how come I have cancer? How come I, you know, I'm always in pain? How come it's not healing itself? Like, how come... <laughs> <laughs> what's going on that, that it's not actually responding in the way that I want it to respond. The way I would respond to that, I'll use, I'll use an example of a woman who came into my practice. Well, first she called, she was referred to me by somebody who had had excellent results and it was with plantar fasciitis. And she's like, I'm calling you because I have plantar fasciitis and so-and-so told me that when they saw you, you helped them and they don't have it anymore. I want you to do that for me. And I said, well, of course, one, you're more than welcome to come in. We'll do an evaluation and go from there. At this point in my practice, I was receiving information from my intuition and from my guides. And mm -hmm. one of the things that came through strongly at that point was her issue with plantar fasciitis was not coming from a physical cause. This is where I wanted to go. Okay, keep going. It, the, it <laughs> had an underlying, and I would say deeper, though that's uh -huh. relative, underlying cause that was emotional. Yeah. And to me, this is what, can again be sort of an answer as to okay i'm doing all of these things to take care of myself physically how come i'm still having issues yes and it's because the issues are mental emotional spiritual it may or may not be something that you're aware of but it's tied to and contributes to how it shows up physically in our body. And I think, you know, we, to me, like when I was working with people and they would come with, with various kinds of physical issues and things, it's like, there's a, there's something that's acceptable about having a physical issue and ha like there's a separation between who we think of as ourselves, like who I am from this mental construction and identity and what my body is. And that it's somehow okay um, if my body has a problem and I get an intervention and then my body heals. But there's a real resistance I've found with a lot of people, and I wanted to find out if you did too, that somehow there's something in that, that construct of who I am as an identity that's causing this, that then all of a sudden that's like really, really personal. And then it becomes sort of this, oh, I'm defective and so I don't want to address it. I just want you to fix my, I just want you to fix my knee. And I don't mess with my head, just fix my knee. Yes, yes. And the thing is, how do I say this? Well, it's all related. Just say it. It's all intertwined. It's all integrated. And I would agree with you that for most people, if their body starts to have symptoms, they're more comfortable addressing it from a physical standpoint. Mm -hmm. And that, and I would say that we've been 
trained, indoctrinated, educated to, to that route, to that way of responding to what is happening in our body. Which is why, in my view, things often just come back. They might come back in a different yes. place. Yes. But they come back. They don't go away. And in all of those circumstances, we have been trained and educated and taught to look for the relief, to look for the answers, to look for the fix outside mm -hmm. of ourselves. And to resolve the symptom versus looking at the underlying problem. Yes. Yeah. And that, I would say, is where the key problem is. And I know, I mean, you can go back in history mm -hmm. and how the medical profession has evolved and evolved to the place. And, and you can still see it in some of the older generations where what the doctor says like is right. what you do. The doctor knows. And there's, there's no conversation or discussion about whether or not that feels good for you, that resonates for you, that like, how does your body respond to that? That conversation, I would say, didn't exist for many people in the generation, and I'll put my, my grandmother in there. Mm -hmm. She's in her 90s. She wants to do what the doctor tells her to do. Right. She's not going to question it. Yep. She's going to do it. Where what I share with people is, okay, if your body says this requires the support of the medical profession, if something doesn't real feel right, oh, ask questions. Absolutely yeah. ask questions. Yeah. And yes, is it always accepted? Absolutely not. Because again, doctors have gotten more education. But even myself as a doctor, I can remember a patient of mine. I mean, we receive so much education about how the body's going to respond in particular situations or how to come up with a diagnosis and then a recommended acceptable recommended course of care. And I can remember one woman in particular, I recommended that she change her level activity, that she avoid certain activities. And I know I was crystal clear. One of the things do not play softball. Mm -hmm. She was experiencing some issues with her knee and also with her elbow. Uh huh. Was she getting relief? Was there progress? Yes. And then one week she came in and there was a big change in her level of pain, her level of range of motion. And I said, wow, this is awesome. I said, what do you think contributed to this, this big change? And she said, I played softball. I said, what? <laughs> she said, I played softball. I said, really? She said, yes. She's like, I listened to you for weeks 
not uh-huh. playing. And she's like, I just one day was like, I got to play. She's like, so I went and played. And she's like, it's been the best that it's been since I did. Oh, cool. So I started to recognize with that and some other circumstances, and that was, okay, here is a recommended course of care mm-hmm. for what you do at home. And if your body's telling you something else, pay attention. Okay, so here's the thing with a lot of people, like when I was, when I was doing hypnotherapy and, and working with people as well, is that there's a lot of confusion. Like people, when, they, when they, they don't hear the messages from the body because the mind is so loud. And so I know, you know, in order to, to really heal with the body and to hear the body and to respond to what your body really needs, which is often totally counterintuitive um, to what, you know, you would think that you would want to do. It's hard to sometimes hear the body because the body tends to be quiet and require some spaciousness and require some, you know, some quiet in the mind. Um, and the mind is so fast to just jump in or the body begins to respond. And then the mind is like right there, just like saying, oh yeah, okay, you got two words in. Now I'm going to jump in because now I have an opinion about what's coming up. So what, like, how do you, how do you begin to, oh, and then the other piece of this one with the mind and coming back into healing is, you know, when it's something that, that is an emotional issue, um how hmm, you almost have to disarm all of the defenses in the mind in order to allow that spaciousness for the body's wisdom and healing to come through because it has to feel hurt it has to you know like in our first conversation you went into chiropractic because you felt heard in that forum in a way that you didn't feel before. And it's the same thing to me for a body and healing that that body needs to have that space to feel and be heard and responded to um, the outside of the mind. And oftentimes all of those, the mental and the emotional barriers we have to um, coming into to, uh, vulnerability with our own self Mm-hmm. to be able to hear those deeper things. What do you, how do you work with people with that? Or what, what do you recommend? I know what I do, but what do you do? Well, one of the, the key pieces, and it goes back to the first conversation that we had, mm-hmm. which is the importance of communicating with yourself or how I refer to it, checking in with myself on a consistent basis. Okay. A mat now, And I compare, much like I said in that conversation too, was I treat myself like a best friend. Mm -hmm. Your best friend, whoever that might be, is a relationship that's developed over time. It's developed with a level of consistency. It's developed with a level of connection, a level of trust. Mm -hmm. And sometimes such a deep level of trust that even if you don't talk to each other for a period of time, that when you connect again, that trust is right back. With us, it requires that we take the time to develop that relationship. 
sometimes people say, well, you make it seem like it's so easy. But as you mentioned too in that first conversation, I've dived into this. I've mm -hmm. committed to this level of relationship <laughs> with myself. I know you put it on your phone. You had your right. alerts. Yes, yeah. I do. And I do recommend that to people. I recommend that you set, and the reason I recommend this, well, let me say first, I recommend that people set an alarm on their phone multiple times a day. Mine is set to go off every hour and actually uh -huh. it'll go off at four o'clock, um, <laughs> starting at nine o'clock in the morning. Wow. And it ends at nine o'clock at night. And the reason for that being is because what I've discovered for myself is if I'm checking in consistently, then I know myself better and I love myself and I trust myself and my body knows I'm going to check in. And I think that's key as well. So for me, I know like I have, I tend to railroad and it's crazy because I've done this work for years and years and years. I can talk anybody through all kinds of stuff, but for me, you know, I'll get in those places and I'm like, Oh yeah, I need to check in with my body and my mind's like, Oh, it's fine. You don't need to worry about it. It's all good. You know, there's no aches or pains and I'll have to really catch myself right. because my mind is speaking for my body. And yeah. so for me, when I check in and oftentimes, cause you know, and you'll tell me this too, as I was like, Oh, this hurts. And you're like, check in with your body. I'm like, Oh yeah, <laughs> forgot about that. Um, but to, to actually like, I, I need to really, I sit, I get quiet. See, this works better for me than being in nature, although that works in a different way. Um, and I, you know, I come into the breath and I, I, you know, I'm a big sensation person. Like I experience, most things and most resolution, most stuff via sensation. And, and a lot of what my body brings to me, brings to me through sensation. And as the sensation unwinds, then an awareness will come. So that's like, that's my process. So when I check in with my body, I need to sit and get quiet for a little while and tune in and see if there's any sensation that's speaking to me uh -huh. and give the sensation that spaciousness to unwind. Because I think people... Um, and I know I was like this, like I wanted my body to respond in language. Like I want to just, you know, send me the language, send me the telegram, send me, you know, send me that so that my mind understands it. Cause that's, you know, I've got this, this mind that just like won't stop. <laughs> and, um, but I, but it, I've learned over the years that, that the language of my body, um, and it's different for different people is this is sensation. And when I get quiet and I can tune into that, like that, that helps to bring that wisdom forward that like as something in, as a sensation unwinds in my body, then all of a sudden there's this awareness that pops in and I'm like, Oh, like, and then it's, it's there and it's gone. There's no thought. It's sort of like this awareness. It's like, you know, the picture that has a thousand words, uh -huh. uh, but you don't need to go through all the thousand words because you know right. them all with a single picture. Um, and that for me is how I, I need to check in with my body. So it might be different for different people and to really experiment around with yeah. what is it, what's your body's language? Like how, how do you communicate best with your body and how does your body communicate best with you and how can you pay attention to that in a meaningful way? And it's, it's one of the reasons why I talk about it as developing a friendship, developing a relationship, because it is different for every single person. And if you think of the people that you have relationships with, 
and you think of like how you show up with one friend versus another friend, what you're going to say, what you're going to do, how you get together and spend time together is going to be different because of that. Mm -hmm. So I use the check-in. I use the setting an alarm on the phone as a framework that can then be personalized to whoever's using it. So for you, it's sensation. For Mm -hmm. me, it's deep breathing and saying, hey, buddy, what do you want me to know? And knowing I'm going to receive information. So so let me ask you this. How do you receive your information? I think that's a lot of like the the discovery process is to understand how how people receive it. So how do you receive it when you receive information? The way I describe mine is as a knowing. There's a term for it, clear. um, Oh, and now because I want to pull that. Cognizance. Yes, thank you. Um, Which just says I know things because I do. And, and it's not a brain knowing like that. Right. I, 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 I make that clear. This is not knowing. your mind. This is no. not your brain knowing. This is that, that like, you know, that kind of knowing that right before the phone rings, you know, somebody's going to call you and then the phone rings. Like it's that kind of knowing. Um, it's not cognitive. Right. And the, the difference for me, the way I recognize the difference or one of the mm-hmm. ways is when I receive information from my inner knowing, mm-hmm. it, it's not in my mind. Yeah. So if I were to say, where does this information reside? I would create a bubble in front, outside of my body, like in front of my mind. Okay. And mine comes, mine is like right at the very top of my skull. Okay. Like that's where I, like th- that's that place that I know it's outside of the cognitive area, but like that's what, that in the back of the back part of my skull, like that in the area just outside of that, like when that, when something comes up there and that knowing is there, um, that's how I know it's knowing. And then as soon as I start having like chatting about it in my head, then it's gone to cognitive. Right. And so that, and that's the key thing. I think that it's, it's hard when you first start this process to, to not jump into knowing with cognition and language because knowing doesn't come, you might be aware of it in language, but it doesn't come as language. It's not like that, that talking out thought process. It's the whole, the whole thing in one moment. And, you know, how it comes for people I have some clients who they do hear things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had some too. And some who see things. Yes. And others who get pictures. Some people will, like you said, sensations or mm-hmm. like emotions. On occasion, I'll get emotions that come up that I know are not mine. Mm-hmm. That are tied to typically somebody that I'm working with in that moment. Um, and, but again, how people receive information from their intuition from that, I would say deeper core of who they are, that's connected to mm-hmm. all that is that's connected to the universe or higher power. Um, but that as a whole, 
everybody receives it differently. And that's part of the importance of that check-in time. I'm sure there's people who are listening to this who, whether it's a friend or a family member, they know that on such and such time at such and such day, every week, that they're going to talk to so-and-so. Or mm-hmm. once a month, they know they're going to talk to somebody else or get together with somebody else. That's their dedicated time for that check-in. Yeah. And we need that dedicated time for our check-in. Now, I recommend the alarm on the phone because we have talked about the mind. The mind comes in and takes over and yeah. tries to tell our intuition, tell these other aspects of ourself, like, are you sure? Um, I have a different thought on this. I think we should do this or that's wrong or that's not going to work. And mm-hmm. it's what I have found with setting the time on the phone is I'm not going to get caught up in that and be in that for hours because for instance, the alarm went off at four. Mm-hmm. If I started to get all up in my head now and mm-hmm. didn't recognize that myself, when that alarm goes off at five and I stop and check in, when it happens, I usually start laughing going, Oh yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know, one day it happened when I was out hiking in the woods. Uh huh. I was getting tangled with my dog on his leash and we hike all the time. So this is not something that normally happens. I, and it's a path that I walk regularly. I was tripping over roots and I mean, I was a mess. <laughs> and then the alarm went off my phone. I literally am in the middle of the woods laughing hysterically because I realized because of something that I had read that morning, I was all up in my head and my mind had taken over and I hadn't recognized it. But as soon yeah. as that alarm went off, I didn't even have to say, hey, Jen, how you doing? As soon as that alarm went off and I know it was my check-in, I, yeah, I stopped la- I started laughing. I'm like, whoa. Yep, mind, like, nope. Like, you're done here. This is not helpful. <laughs> Did some deep breathing. And as you can imagine, the rest of my hike was much more enjoyable because I was back in my body my mind was no longer in control and in this case, wreaking havoc. So that's one of the reasons why I like the alarm, mm-hmm. especially for people who are first learning how to do this. Yeah, for sure. Without something to keep us on track, it's really easy to, well, get off track. Well, and, and I know we're, we're coming up toward a hard deadline for you, so we're going to have to cut off here in a moment. But I, I will, whether it's with you or somebody else, I, I want to go dive deep into conversations about the difference, like in the mind, the difference between um, helpful cognitive thought and processing and that mental, that conditioned mental chatter that takes over everything because there's a, there's a place for the brain. I mean, the brain's a magical thing. There is right. a, pra- a place for that, that 
self-directed cognitive process. And then, but, but most of us have been like, we have this constant inner monologue that our brains are just sort of yapping around and like 98% of it's the same stuff again and again and again. So if you stop paying attention to it, you know, you'll get it at some other time. You don't have to like listen to it, but our awareness goes to our mind because we're trained that that's where the action is. Yeah. Um, and so for me, when I notice my mind is chattering, like, cause I've been meditating for years and I've gotten my chatter down pretty well. Like as soon as I notice that immediately I drop my awareness into my body and my mind still might be chattering, but I'm not paying attention to it mm-hmm. because it's not saying anything that's relevant to anything that I'm interested in. So, um, you know, when we talk about the mind and the brain and all of this, it's not discounting the true value of cognitive processing. It is distinguishing between that, that part of us that's whipping us into, you know, <laughs> into emotional things or reactive things in our conditioning and, um, and not that stuff that we actually need to sit down and problem solve and, 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 um, and use our mind in a really effective way. So um, I will find somebody, whether it's you or somebody else, to talk about that with, because to me, that's a, just a fascinating thing to pick apart. Um, but I know that we're up to a deadline for you. So is there any last things you want to say about this before you tell people how to um, connect with you if they would like to? Yes. And well, for the first thing that I would say is, Unless you have a problem to solve, and I say a problem, like a, like a math problem or... Yeah, balance a, your checkbook. You know, yes. Figure out well, how to take a trip, like how the directions to get from yes, here to the there. Yes, the logistics of yeah. it. Or you're doing something technical. Mm-hmm. You will receive more information and more mm-hmm. wisdom if you ask those questions from within your being and not of your mind, because, and, and this is the way I would describe it for me, when we ask our questions from within ourselves, from within our wisdom, we're not leaving the mind out of it. Mm-hmm. We're just not letting the mind run the show. Right. And be the only one who speaks. So when we ask the questions within ourself, the mind can contribute information, but we're receiving information from every aspect of ourself, the conscious that we're aware of, plus the subconscious and unconscious that we're not aware of. And I would go a step further. That's also where we access our intuition higher power, all that is, however you describe that, that's where we access so much more or we have, yeah, we have availability of so much more information and information that doesn't require us to read a book or to learn something new. It's information that we can be given. Yeah. And I I differentiate it for me is that, you know, the, the brain only knows what it's learned. So it is limited by the past. It is limited by what it has learned, the books it's read, all of that, and how it synthesizes that information. And those deeper things like that, our heart is really, is the the organ that is, or their sensory part of our organ that's connected to the subtle field that has access to everything Mm -hmm. in present tense form 
that you would possibly need. And yeah, quieting the minds, unless you're balancing your checkbook, although I'd probably do better with that if I did it from my intuition. <laughs> um, honest to God. Um, so, and, and accessing that deeper stuff, like that's where you get answers that you need right this moment and not based yeah. on the self-reflection of the past. So yeah. that's one way I differentiate it. All right. And we can talk forever and ever. Okay, right. Obviously. I know you got to go. Um, so <laughs> people who want to connect with me, thank you. The intuitive backslash edge for the audience of conversations from the edge. Yay. And um, that link will also be on the conversations from the edge.net website. So um, you can always go there and find all of our conversations and everybody's um, access information and, be able to create your own conversation with somebody as amazing as Dr. Jen. So thank you for, for this conversation. I look forward to talking with you again soon. And as always, it has been just a lot of fun. Yes, thank you. This is your host, Christine Madera. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation from the edge of consciousness. You can find all our conversations at conversationsfromtheedge.net. You'll also find links to schedule a private conversation with me or any of my friends, as well as tools to help you expand your own consciousness and explore what's possible for you outside the boundaries of your current perceptions. Feel free to use this podcast to start your own conversation by sharing it with friends, on social media, in your blog, or even in your own podcast. And as always, live the adventure of pushing your own edge. It's the most amazing adventure there is.